Today I have with me another very influential, brave young woman, and her name is Chloe Kramer. So Chloe, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about, we were just talking before this podcast about where, where you're from um, and what you do, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into the classy and trashy moments from there. Yeah, I'm from North Dakota. I currently go to school here at North Dakota State University, where I actually work at our Newman Center as wonderful. Professor. Yeah, it has been really fun. I recently got this job as a minister for Bison Catholic. So I actually work there as the pro-life ministry coordinator. And other than that, I volunteer for Students for Life. I volunteer for some other small pro-life organizations to do things like graphic design. And I just, I really, really love pro-life work. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I found Chloe on Instagram a little while ago, and I think you just have such a almost like soft spoken, beautiful way of, I, I've seen a little bit of your like speaking and stuff like that and your Instagram of just relaying the, the beautiful pro-life message. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that and how we're navigating this post-Roe America and what, what our next steps are in the pro-life movement. But first, and actually it's so funny, I, for the first time ever, I forgot to do classy and trashy moments on my last episode and I was editing it and I was like, there's something missing. So I'm just going to post, and I'm sure I already have posted it once this comes out, you know, the classy and trashy moments because I forgot and nobody reminded me. So anyway, but I'm, I hope I won't forget again. And we're going to start with our classy and trashy moments. So Chloe, did you have a classy moment for this week? Yeah, I did. I had the most wonderful time praying at the abortion clinic yesterday. We have a local one. It's now in Minnesota. So it was in North Dakota. With the overturner row, we had to move down the street in order to function, oh, which is, wow. yeah, of course, not great, kind of gross. Great. So, we are like a mile away from Minnesota. We're on the Fargo. Fargo is like the North Dakota, Minnesota border. So I went okay. over to the clinic with some religious figures that are here in town to visit us. They are the Franciscan Friars of New York. Um, they're here to visit our Newman Center. And I drove them to go pray at our local clinic. That's and wonderful. So, it was really fun. They are such gentle souls. And we prayed the rosary and the divine mercy chaplet. And that was classy. It doesn't even begin to describe it. It was yeah, so beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay. So remind me, so Minnesota, I believe, right? Abortion is completely illegal. Um, so in Minnesota, it's completely legal up until 24. Oh, it's completely legal. North Dakota, it is not. So it's been completely legalized in North Dakota. It's been completely illegalized. Oh, illegalized, yeah. Um, completely okay, banned. Okay. Sorry. So, so, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just clarifying this. So North Dakota, so it moved to the border of Minnesota, like right over the border of North Dakota, right? Yes. So, okay. so it had to move because, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. It really shows how this, these laws in these states, and I feel like it's, it's not being talked about that much, as much as like, you would think, I guess, but these, it really is changing things, right? This whole abortion clinic had to move. Like, yeah, it moved and yeah, it still exists. But the fact that it literally had to move, that says a lot. So yeah, abortion um, clinics are being shut down. They're moving. It's, well, right. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. Crazy to navigate post-row. A lot, a lot of great things happening, um, but we still have a lot of work to do, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So my classy moment Oh, I had it in my head a second ago and I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't know. It's been, it's been an interesting week. I'm in the process of, I'm actually 
basically fully moved just from one apartment to another apartment in um, Clearwater now. And I don't know. I don't, I guess that's classy because there weren't any, like, there weren't any big catastrophes this week um, (laughs) with moving. There wasn't any, you know what I mean? Like sometimes there can be, there can be bad stuff that happens. Um, But I I guess, I guess that's my classy moment. I think I had another one in my head, but I totally forgot it. (laughs) Anyway. That is a classy moment. I recently moved into a new apartment as well. And when there's no problems, you're like, yeah. And it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting there to be a lot of issues, but then once I started moving my stuff, cause I didn't get a U-Haul, I just, I just moved in my car. Cause it was really only like 20 minutes away from each other. And I was like, this could be bad. Like stuff could break, but most everything was fine. So that was good. Anyway, what's your trashy moment? My trashy moment also happened yesterday. So yesterday was one of those um, roller coaster days. I woke up late for my classes. So that was definitely a trashy moment of me. And then that just makes the whole rest of the day kind of feel off. Right. And then I was like, oh, now I'm running late for what feels like everything, even though it wasn't. Literally everything. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's difficult. That's actually kind of similar to my uh, trashy moment. My trashy moment is that this week has been kind of like gloomy down here. And normally I, normally the sun wakes me up. So I have, I'm, I sleep right next to these huge windows and normally the sun wakes me up. And I always have living down here. I've always slept like right next to the window and the bright sun wakes me up at like seven or something. Cause it's, it rises at like six 30 and it wakes me up at like seven. Well, this whole week, like it has it. And I've like gotten up at different times and been like, I haven't actually been late for anything, but it's just, it's been very weird because it kind of feels like it's like not fully the daytime because normally it's super, super sunny down here and it's just been kind of cloudy. So that my trashy moment has just been that this week has felt a little bit off. <laughs> That's understandable. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit, Chloe, about first of all, how did you get involved? Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get involved in the pro-life movement? Why would a young woman like yourself want to be involved in the pro-life movement? Yeah, I'm from a really small sort of predominantly Christian town in central Minnesota. It's actually where I grew up. And I was 17. It was during the pandemic. And I just felt this call from the Holy Spirit to just get started. I started mostly with volunteer work over at our local pregnancy resource center. So I was sorting baby socks and I listened to a lot of podcasts and started to have a post Roe America. And all of a sudden I had this idea that like, wow, maybe I can be a part of that. Because even in my small town, it's like barely on the map of Minnesota, but I knew that there were women even there that needed love and needed support. And I was like, wow, there are women everywhere that need love and support. It's not just big cities and they're closer to you than you would think. I mean, they're sitting next to you in your church pew and they're in your schools and churches and they're everywhere. And so I was like, wow, if I can make a difference, even in my small town, let alone any, anywhere else, then I want to be a part of that. Wow. Wow. Right. No, I think it's so, I think it's so interesting how there are a lot of people, a lot of young women who came to this realization kind of during the pandemic. And I think that the pandemic kind of really put into perspective for us, um, how, first of all, how valuable life is and how beautiful it is to live a full life, how sad it is when, when you can't, when you feel like you can't live a full life and then just how much, um, how much what we do matters, right? How much what we do on a personal basis matters. 
And so I think it's really interesting that you came to this realization kind of during the pandemic. And then because so many young women did come to this realization during the pandemic, right after the pandemic was like, they decided to take up the Dobbs decision. And then there was the oral arguments. And then there was all the stuff about the leak and then Roe was overturned. So it was just a perfect time for all these young women. You're on the opposite, I don't want to say a coast, you're not on a coast, but you're in an opposite part of America than I am. And there are, I probably know people in every single state, women in every single state who are advocating for the right for li- the right to life, which I just think is so beautiful because this is how we're going to win is if women all around, women and men and all people all around come together and say, hey, this is not what I want. I might be in this stage of my life. I might be in this stage of my life, but, but all around, this is not what we want. So, um, yeah. And Chloe, so tell me a little bit about, um, what did you, so you said you were working, you were working in a crisis pregnancy center, right? And then how did you get involved with students for life? Yeah, I was doing my, um, starting baby clubs at the pregnancy resource center. And I had an amazing director of the, of that resource center who was, encouraging me to go farther. She's like, we love what you do for us. I started doing some marketing and some different things for um, the Lakes Area Pregnancy Support Center, which is the one I volunteered for. And I looked up the Students for Life website and I wanted to look into their fellowships. I didn't actually know that they existed, but I just was curious how someone like me could get involved. I'm a very ordinary girl. I was just in school. I did dance. I just very ordinary. And I didn't know how I could get involved from small town, Minnesota, but I looked up students for life's website and I found the state captain program and I applied and total like God moment, but I found it the last day that the applications were open and I got wow. a call. Yeah. <laughs> it was super crazy. Wow, it's like, that is crazy. It was insane because I was like, wow, they closed today. I mean, I don't even have time to contemplate it. I'm just going to apply. You just and, have to apply. Yeah. 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 It was almost like I was being like urged to apply just by the Holy spirit. But I was just like, I think I was jumping on our trampoline on our family farm and I got a call (laughs) (laughs) with my little brother and I got a call and they were like, yeah, actually, I think you'd be great to represent North Dakota for the state captain program since you're going out there for school in, in the fall and North Dakota state university. So I joined the state captain program. My life has never been the same. Wow. And explain, explain to me and explain to our listeners, what exactly does it mean to be a state captain? Yeah. So a state captain actually represents students for life action, which is, they always say like, like students for life, but political. So what we right, do- right, right, right. It's like the C4 for people who yeah. don't have its status, but it's right. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're allowed to endorse candidates, door knock. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we were the ones that were lobbying at our state capital and knocking on doors and um, the fun part about it was actually calling legislators and being like, yeah, actually, we don't like abortion in our cities and we want you to do something about it. Right, right. So you would so you would call legislators and you would you would rally people in your state, right? People yeah. in the rest of your state, students or was it people at your school or was it uh, different places? Yeah, it was it was in a sense, everyone in the community because you would you would almost like it's very grassroots very very grassroots mm-hmm. it's, I mean sending texts to people that you know and being like hey what do you know about voting pro-life first mm-hmm. and really just using the idea of voting for life because laws save lives and 
that's that's the message sort of is you just want them to know that their voice actually does matter there are elections and you can save a life simply by voting pro-life yes yes no that's so true so as as the election comes up um what what other like like what have you been doing this this year or these yeah. past few months yeah ever since i graduated from the state captain program i joined the wilberforce fellowship which has been amazing. And I took on being president of our pro-life club at NDSU. So ever since then, I've been doing more community rallying. We do a project in our community with Wilberforce. And I've been almost like tabling more and being out in the clinic and just being out in the street and trying to reach people. So as much as, as much as I can, and just talk to them about the life issue. If sometimes you have to just bring it to their attention, something that they can think about, plant those seeds. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, that, that's wonderful, Chloe. So what do you think, now that Roe has been overturned, right? It's definitely a different landscape. What do you think is one of the most important things for us as young women that, what, like, what are, what are the things that we should be talking about to other young women? Yeah, we first and foremost, I think, especially when we talk about young women on college campuses and young women who are out in the world who might not know much about the life issue, talking to them about their dignity. I mean, first and foremost, I think that's a huge problem is that women don't know that they do deserve better than abortion. But yeah, also also just like having real conversations with these women, I think is so important. Yeah, and okay, so I, no, I, I love what you said about women women don't know that they deserve better than abortion. Why do you think that is? I think they've been lied to. And that, and not even by the abortion industry, but by, by almost everyone in our current culture. They're being told ever since Roe was overturned that they need abortion to succeed, that they're going back to this place that they were in in 1950, that they don't have basic medical care. And our message is, no, actually that's not true. And you have so much love and support, even post-Roe. Yeah. And do you think, do you think that it has anything to do with, um, do you think that the reason that women, that some women, right, think that they need abortion has anything to do with the kind of, um, our culture of like, that like cultivates kind of depression and, uh, self-hatred? Like, what do you, how do you think that plays into it? Yeah, I think, I think it all is super interconnected. I think, like I'm a psychology major and this is something oh, that- Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then give me your thoughts. <laughs> I spend a lot of time um, thinking about the aspect of how mental health and abortion are so closely related. And I think when we don't see dignity in children, then of course, we're not going to see it in ourselves. This idea that life has always mattered is so important for our view of ourselves. If you don't believe that life matters at a certain stage, it makes sense that you would say to yourself now- like, well, my circumstances aren't perfect. Maybe I don't matter now. And we, we really are cultivating a culture of, of death, of self-hatred. And I think that translates into the way that we see children. Wow, right. So if, exactly. So if we don't see, if we don't think that our life matters, right? If we as women don't think that our life matters, then why would another life matter? And I think that that's something that, um, that's one of the reasons, I mean, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate that I, one of the reasons I have this podcast, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about talking to young women and having other women talk to young women is because I truly believe that this is more, I mean, obviously 
laws matter 100%. I'm all for that. But this is more than this is more than a political issue. This is an issue of the heart because if we if we had a culture of life back in America, if we remembered and like actually felt that our life mattered and honestly if we remember that we we are children of God, we are all children of God, then this whole uh the, this whole life is disposable thing wouldn't be such a big issue. And I think that that's that's kind of what we're seeing a lot more of now, right? We're seeing, I mean, obviously people still deny that that life begins at conception, but it's kind of hard to because science has proven that life does begin at conception. Mm -hmm. So then I feel like people's next thing is, well, um, well, this life is an inconvenience, right? This life is an inconvenience to me. So I should be able to kill it. Like it just, but it's, there's this disconnect that, um, I should be able to kill it. Like I have the power to kill it. There's a, this disconnect between, oh, this life is valuable and, oh, my life is more valuable or neither life is valuable, you know? So I think, I think it's a very, it's, it's a very um, complicated thing. We can't, we can't say one way or the other, which way every woman feels, because I do think that it's, it's personal for every woman, but going back to what you said at the beginning about how you were wondering how you yourself as a just like a normal girl, right? A normal girl could get involved. I think it's so important for anyone who's listening here. It's so important. Sorry, if you can hear that in the background, that is my washing machine. Um, I don't know why it's being so loud. I pray that it doesn't blow up. Anyway, I think it's so important for quote unquote, like you guys can't see my quotes, but I'm doing quotes. Young women who are living regular lives to be involved because it shows people that this is not an issue that only people who've experienced it can fight against, right? It shows people that this is an issue of human rights and human dignity and the right to life. And if it truly is an issue of human rights, and if abortion truly is the greatest homicide we've ever seen in our world, then we all need to be fighting for it. What, what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that we all need to be fighting for it? And what do you think about, do you think that there is a role of men in this movement? Well, I might start with that second question because yes, I think men have a very special role in the movement. I think they have a voice and I think that women should call men to a much higher standard than they are currently being called to in our country. So and I mean, I always say break up with your pro-choice boyfriend. And if you need me to, I'll hop on a plane and buy you ice cream. I don't care who you are. I don't care if I, <laughs> <laughs> I might not know you, but we can talk about how you deserve better. But I think I think if a guy can't protect innocent life, then he can't protect you. So I think men have an obligation to stand up for life. And to answer your other question, so can you clarify what your first question was again? Sorry. Um, let me see if I can remember. <laughs> First, I, I, guess, guess. I guess basically just why do you think it is important for young women who you know just kind of quote-unquote ordinary young women to be involved yeah I think when it comes to like there are people who have very radical stories and I look up to them very much but that's not all of us right we're all very normal not all of us have experienced abortion like you said not all of us were you know, maybe, maybe like I've heard of those really, really cool stories of moms who had appointments who walked out on them and that girl is here today to talk about life, but that's not everyone. And I think 
our actions and the way we love and the way that you were uniquely created, you have a very special voice in this movement. I think we discount ourselves a lot as people who maybe don't have radical stories. We sort of just don't realize that God has given us unique talents that we can use to fight for life no matter what those talents are. Yes, and you know what, what you were saying there too reminds me, have you read Lila Rose's book, Fighting for Life? Oh. It's right here on my desk. <laughs> have you read have you read the whole thing? Are you in the middle of it? I'm in the middle of it currently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so that is I reference that book so much because I think that Lila is just a huge example of a normal young girl, right? A, a normal young girl who took who saw an evil and saw what broke her heart and spent her life fighting for it. And, you know, there are, like you said, there are some amazing women who have some amazing stories of conversion, of um, not getting an abortion, of getting abortions or doing abortions and then realizing how terrible it was. And we need those people. But more than ever right now, we need, I think that we need women who say, hey, there's a different way to live. You know, there's a whole different way to live. And there's a whole different way to participate in this culture of life that doesn't have to include being jaded by being jaded by having had abortions, having had participating in them. Like we can start anew this culture of life. We can bring this culture of life to fulfillment so that our children won't have to deal with this at all you know yeah beautifully put yeah and if you don't if it hasn't like personally affected you it's personally affected someone who is in really close contact with you so even if it's not your story it's some women's story and we recognize that she deserved better and we we fight for her we fight for her baby and we fight for a better culture Right. No, that is so true. Well, Chloe, is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say to young women who might be thinking about getting involved, but not really sure how to any advice you have? Yeah. I think to any young women who want to get involved, um, just get started. That's, that's really the hardest part. One yes can lead to bigger yeses and God will open doors. Um, if it's as small as like what I did volunteering in pregnancy resource center or finding an organization near you that you can volunteer for, or having one conversation, get started small and the doors will be open for you. And you have so much support from other young women in the pro-life generation. Yes. Yes. And uh, where can they find you on social media, Chloe? Yeah. So I'm on social media at life.chloekramer. And I do a lot of videos of my speeches. I do a lot of Instagram posts. I love writing. So I talk a lot about human dignity and- Yeah, it's like my favorite subject. (laughs) And yeah, people, so feel free if, you know, feel free to reach out to Chloe, reach out to Classy Chicks Podcast on Instagram if you want to learn how to get involved. And thank you so much for coming on, Chloe. It was wonderful speaking with you and just hearing from another beautiful young voice in the pro-life movement. So thank you everybody for listening and have a wonderful next, oh my gosh, I cannot speak. Have a wonderful end of your week and I will see you next week.